pulled up, made my appearance. You can't sit with us without clearance. That lame shit, never let it near us. And your girl will choose my team because you still living with your parents. Good morning, auditeers. Welcome to the Pop Culture Audit, where we review reality TV and talk about all things pop culture through a contemporary and critical lens. So what exactly is a pop culture audit? Very easy. We take a deep dive of pop culture source material. In this case, today we are doing Keeping Up with the Kardashians Season 1. Comb through it, highlighting some cringy and historic moments in pop culture discourse. If you're into that, you're in the right place. If you're not, you're still in the right place. You'll just learn something new today. Today we have a longer episode, friends, because we have so much American history to talk about right now. My name is Keela. Hey, everybody. This is Jasmine. Hi, it's Brim. All right. This has been a crazy pop culture week. So I we just have like, to get into it. Get? Yeah. I'm like, where do we begin? I guess we just start from the beginning. Yeah. Kicking off at the episode like we do and just yeah. go from there. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Let's Ready do it. Ready to dive in? We're doing yeah. episode first. Okay. I love it. So for new auditeers listening, uh, I have never seen Keeping Up with the Kardashians before. So this is my first romp. We're on episode four of season one. And even as someone who never watched the show before, I've heard of this episode. So I was super excited to get into it because this is the Playboy episode. Uh, overall, we're going to watch Kim Kardashian do a Playboy shoot, and that is what the whole episode hinges on, but it's so much deeper than that, so let's get into it. Season one, episode four, Keeping Up with the Kardashians, is called Birthday Suit, okay? It's 22 minutes long, and the first sentence of dialogue is, hey, Chris, this is Michelle calling from Playboy, so our stage has been set. Playboy wants Kim to pose for the Celebrity December issue of Playboy. Now I'm going to pause for a second. From now on, from now until the end of this podcast, until we we stop recording, assume that anything I recap is happening in the phoniest, most poorly staged <laughs> way possible. No matter what like, we're watching. Community theater. <laughs> great it. <laughs> to like drama class in terms of phoniness. I want to I want to play this out quickly, Jasmine, if you would be so kind. If I was to say, "Hey Jasmine, uh I would love for you to come to my party this weekend." And Jasmine would say, "Oh my gosh, I'd be so delighted to come. Oh, I've just always wanted to come to one of your parties. Let me call Keila." And then Keila would say, Yay, I can't believe this is happening to me. <laughs> too real, <laughs> Keela. Too real. No, right mm-hmm. on the nose. And then yeah. someone would say straight to camera, I've always wanted to go to Bryn's parties, and then she invited me. It is happening. Yeah. But now that we yeah. get that out of the way, just know that that's how every interaction goes. We won't have to call attention to that any longer. We're just going to hit the plot points. So back to Playboy, Kim is skeptical of Playboy. She says, ever since the sex tape scandal, she has to be careful how she is perceived. And so Playboy is obviously tense. Chris says it's going to be a ton of money, but Kim still has to think about it, even with the guarantee that she won't have to take her clothes off uh, because apparently she's never seen Playboy or knows what it is. I do want to pause here and just 
and again, I don't want to get out of my lane, but I was distracted at this point with Kim talking straight to camera by her baby hairs. And I hope that someone wants to talk about that. At some point. Happy to hop in there. Uh, okay. Yeah. We, we don't have to talk about it now, but I made note of it because I couldn't stop looking. Wow. Uh, Kim talks about this with her sisters. Chloe makes an actual genuinely funny comment about it being really classy. Um, and then of course the number one concern of the group is what will Caitlyn Jenner think about this? Because remember we're fresh off the heels of this very classy bikini shoot for Girls Gone Wild. Now we've upgraded to Couture. 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 Yeah. Don't forget. Of course. Yeah. That was, that was, um, dare I say Balenciaga. Uh, Caitlin comes into this conversation. Also, it's a side note that Caitlin was on the cover of Playgirl. So this is all very hypocritical, right? We keep bringing that up as well. Caitlin wanders in, so there's no time like the present to tell her what's going on. Uh, Chloe says, I think you should do it, Kim. Go for penthouse. Do it with class to undress that ass, which Kim then turns into a new slogan. (laughs) Do it with class because I got a big ass. And Caitlin seems pretty fine with all of this. So Kim decides to do it, surprise, surprise, as long as the contract says she doesn't have to be all the way naked. Uh, As soon as she decides to do it, Chris tells her to go outside and run around the block. And I'm presuming that's because she needs to lose weight because she's fat. Cut to the house. Chris is cooking. And I did want to make note of this, too, because my hunch is is as we progress, we're going to see less of people cooking in their own kitchen. (laughs) Um, And so I'm always amazed when we see Chris making dinner. And she was like uh, really cooking. Thought. Yeah, I had yeah, the same thought. Yeah, she was thought. like, she, she was like, doing we need to get dinner out immediately. Yeah. She had a job. She's explaining the difference between a celebrity spread and a centerfold to Caitlin. Caitlin says, what would her father say? Which is pretty aggressive and intense. And Caitlin also says, Playboy needs Kim more than she needs Playboy. And I cannot imagine that that is accurate. <laughs> but that's what we're going with. Another side note, just a pattern. Now we're on episode four. So a pattern that I see, and this is fun. It happens kind of often, is Chris and Caitlin start their staged conversations and then they really turn into fights. Like you can see that they have started this from a like, we've been, the producers want us to say this, but then they actually start getting into it and it gets heated. And I really enjoy that. They, at the end of this kitchen dinner conversation, they are clearly really actually pissed at each other. Uh, So now that Kim has decided to do Playboy, the whole plot pivots, and now we are getting her ass in shape. Caitlin is going to show her how to work out, and I just have to mention with no context that Chloe calls Caitlin Hitler. Apparently we were doing that then. Yeah. Caitlin says it's time to get her in shape. Kim wants to know how many calories she needs to burn to lose a pound, and Caitlin says it's not about calories, it's about sweat, but Kim does not sweat. Um... We cut to a weird clip of Kim and Serena Williams for one second that I thought was like an accident where they're playing tennis and then we're back to the gym. So that was really out of context. We know Kim and Serena are friends. And then out of nowhere, we time skip to two weeks later and we are at the Playboy headquarters. Uh, Kim's right at home. Holly Madison is there. She immediately says, you're gorgeous. I'm sure everyone tells you that. Back to hair comments, besides for the baby hair. At some point, we have to talk about Chris's weird, like, fringe that, like, flip, 2005. Flip. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, it's giving Kate Gosselin. Like, it's amazing. <laughs> Chris tells us that it's always been a lifelong dream of hers to pose for Playboy, and then maybe they can do a mother-daughter issue. So that seems healthy and normal. 
Now shit is getting real on set. Kim is getting photographed in a one-piece deep V bodysuit, but all of her like things are covered. The photographer asks her, how much nudity are you pre- prepared for? Like, can you do it without the top? And out of tears, I just have to, just, just so you can kind of hear how this goes down, the instant thing that came to my mind when this photographer talks, his voice is exactly like um, in the movie Silence of the Lambs, the guy's Stop. voice who says... <laughs> Put the lotion in the basket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Literally, exactly what he sounds like. Stop it. Accurate. Stop it's it. Fact. He Stop. has pulled this young naked woman aside and asked if she's comfortable taking off more clothes in the exact same I'm way. I'm scared. It was horrifying. Kim really does not want to, and like truly does not want to. That is coming through loud and clear. Kim and Chris are back in the green room. Chris is insisting that Kim doesn't have to take her top off. Kim says they are pressuring her and that they're clearly getting upset because she won't do it. And she needs someone to say she's not doing it. She'll write you a check for double. She'll walk out of here. And it doesn't seem like Chris is prepared to say that. So we're back on set. The creative director is putting the pressure on now. He says Hef is very serious about trying to get this pumped up, which we're supposed to all know means take your clothes off. Somehow they all move on. They wrap the photo shoot. It's very unclear. Uh, and it's a big relief to be out of there because it almost felt abusive and illegal for a second, didn't it, friends? Absolutely. <laughs> now they're home looking at photos just like a regular family. Uh, and their takeaway seems to be that Chris should get a taste of her own medicine and she should do a naked photo shoot, obviously. And now we're back in a photo studio. Chris is posing in a flag and gold shoes. There's lots of gold digger jokes. Uh, She gets to do one with her boobs out. Looks like this whole plan backfired because Chris loves being naked. And now we're on a new day and a new pussycat doll. Kim is meeting Melody Thornton. Also, side note, Melanin Alert 1. We're now at 1. I thought about you when I saw her. I was like, oh, this is one for the books. Or two (laughs) if we count the Serena Williams edit. Weird chop, yeah. Well, Fair. let's let's count Melody as the she's number one. I think she's the first. I think yeah. she's yeah, I think she would count as the first. Breaking barriers. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Glass ceilings shattered. <sighs> the lunch is interrupted by Chris, who calls to tell Kim that Playboy wants more photos. Apparently Hef was excited about the pictures, but he really wants to talk to Kim directly. He invites Kim and Chris to the Playboy Mansion because he would like her to show a little more skin. Wah wah wah. They go to the mansion. It's Kim and Chris to see Hef. She loves saying that. Chris tries to get Kim to steal a soap or a water bottle from the mansion because it has a logo on it. And I'm reminded that. (laughs) Like, I'm now firmly in 2023 where, like, Kim is doing all this Gucci stuff, or Gucci, Dolce & Gabbana stuff. And we keep being reminded that Dolce & Gabbana called her called their whole family like the trashiest people alive and I cut yes. back in my mind to this moment and I'm like facts mm-hmm, accurate mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. alright here comes Hef he is a fucking creep these women are fawning all over him Hef says they want to see her boobs but discreetly and in very good taste Hef says he had Marilyn Monroe on the first December issue and my friends this is where Kim's obsession with Marilyn Monroe started. I, I, then, all of these are, things are in my notes. I was thinking about all of this. Yeah. Oh, how we sit here and she's buying this dead woman's dress and doing all like here we go. This is where it started with this creep show in a fucking robe telling her that Marilyn was the first person in Playboy. 
okay, this man should be in jail. We'll get to that, I'm sure. After the commercial break, at least on what I was watching, there was a strange title screen of text that just thanked Hugh Hefner and the Playboy family. Like, oh, yes. I didn't see Same. that. It's the way they were editing back then, like how they do the Ryan Seacrest productions and then like they didn't do credits the way that they do them now. But it, it wasn't was even at the design. end or the beginning. Yeah. It was after this commercial break. It was so bizarre. Um, and also like, I feel like I would be going back to, anyway, we'll edit it. We'll audit it. We're getting there. Uh, back at the photo shoot, Kim has come up with the idea skeptical that she is totally fine being nude if she is draped in diamonds and pearls we have a solution folks this is going to work kim's sisters make fun of her from home uh saying she pushes her butt out and her mouth is open which is both are true as we look back at set and then back on set chris is encouraging her as she sort of wiggles around in pearls you're doing amazing sweetie she yells from the sidelines they start to look at the photos, and Kendra Wilkinson is there for moral support. Kim loves the photos. She is so glad she did this. Hugh Hefner and Playboy are such great people. This should age really well. Back at the ranch, uh, Kim surprises the family <laughs> with an enormous framed print of Chris and her flag and metal pose. What a wholesome family at the end of the day. Mm. The end. Thank you for that. Beautifully done. Per so huge. Let's get into it. Okay. So my first audit point is, viewers, this is an iconic episode because it gives us a line that has had a grip on me for years. You're doing amazing, sweetie. The iconic Chris taking a handheld camera from her purse and getting shots <laughs> of Kim from the side, telling her she's doing amazing. Chris really, she really stepped out this episode. Like just everything about her being like, it's fine. Take your boobs out. Her doing her own nude shoot. Like Chris Just lay there and look gorgeous. It's not that hard. Yes. She's one of a kind. Like she really, she really rode for the cause. There's a lot of dynamic here, but she said, you know what? It's not a big deal. I'm going to do it. I'm going to have fun. This connects to my next point. Family dynamics this episode were all over the place. Mm-hmm. Over the place. Let's get into Meaning, it. So, Caitlin, as a child of divorce, I'm always fascinated how like blended families talk about their relationships to one another. But there are mm-hmm. two lines that sent me into a spiral. The first, when Caitlin and Chris are making dinner and they actually end up fighting, and Caitlin says, Please, this is your daughter. And then do you think her father would – what would you think her father would say was unfair? That's it was not so, cool. She That's went ballistic cool. after that, and it was so triggering that, you know, to this day, you know, as a person who has lost a parent, like anyone just casually bringing up my dead parent, absolutely not. To make a point, like, no, 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 right. no, no. And not to just even make a point, but to just try to, to condemn what I'm doing – present day and use my deceased parent as like a, well, what would they say about this? Like awful. So Chris goes crazy on him and as she should, or on her as she should. It's just so wild because they've been married for 16 years. So when we think about like, this is a counseling tip, but when you think about fair fighting in 16 years of marriage, why are you bringing up your ex-husband and the father 
of your, like, like that was just so weird and inappropriate. Yeah. It gave me the ick in like a weird way. And then Caitlin wouldn't let it go. And when Caitlin, Rob, and the other Jenner son were golfing, Caitlin says, I'm her stepdad. That's your sister. How are you feeling about this? And I'm like, mm-hmm. what is, what are you going for? Keep in mind, these children were, they were children when Bruce at that time, now Caitlin, came on the scene. So And got married. And, yeah. They're a bunch yeah, of family. So why is there still this big disconnect and, you know... I like you, I'm fascinated as well with the blended family dynamic because I didn't grow up in a, you know, I guess kind of did, but not really. I grew up in a two parent household and, you know, we were all raised just one unit. So I, you know what I mean? And so it's just interesting to hear how people talk about it. And I thought that was weird that Caitlin was so far removed uh, from any of the Kardashian kids. But like when- pushing that removal. Like any other time, they're like, it's a family and we're on vacation and this is how we do this as a family. And this is different even from the couture bikini shoot where it's like, you know, we would never do something that would reflect negatively on you. And then this episode, it's like, well, your father, I don't, I didn't yeah, like, I just, I didn't That like happens that. a lot throughout all of the seasons I didn't like too. it. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it. it, especially when they argue about things and they're like, we're a family. We need to come to consensus or all be okay with it. So that – I just – there, there's really no resolution. I just don't like it. And the way it like edited those scenes in and then just jumped out haunts me. Do you think that because Caitlyn was so – or is so conservative that that was her way of trying to uh, separate – herself from like oh no they're they're trashy i'm i'm a jenner we don't do that kind of stuff you know what i mean like you're you know i i think maybe because it was just like ooh you have a sex tape you're going to be on playboy you're doing, like that's not what how would your father feel and you guys are you guys are crazy you know what i mean i think that was just kind of like wanting to separate herself from all of that maybe I, I put in, the, in my notes, too, that I didn't uh, do in the recap that they, they referred to Caitlyn as conservative so many times, right? Between yes. the store and then this Playboy thing. And it reminded me that in 2000-whatever, conservative didn't mean what it does now, except for it did. Mm. But we didn't hear it. That, like, conservative exactly. just meant, like, more modest or more reserved or just not as, like... Ralph Lauren, yeah. Right. Thank you for right. bringing in the but fashion yeah, because that's exactly what it meant. Thank <laughs> you. It was... Were you proud yeah. of you, Right. Mm-hmm. It was about yeah. comfort level, not, like, political spectrum Local. or ideology, mm-hmm. even though it was. Mm-hmm. We just didn't mean it that way because when Chris is saying Caitlyn is conservative, she's not saying Caitlyn is a Republican, even though she is, uh-huh. like, uh-huh. she means it in this, like, modest sort of pseudo-Christian, I guess, is what I take it, like, family values yeah. sort of way. And it's just mm-hmm. wild to look back and see, like, the dotted line between there and here and how we just let that be, like, well, that's great. You're every, you know, it's a spectrum of acceptability. Now, we also know that folks with conservative values are the people doing the sex taping most often, True. right? And I'm like, mm-hmm. Playboy ha- does have – you don't have to be – left to be on playboy which is really interesting especially like this is fast forwarding into the future when caitlin talks about exploring their femininity before transitioning they talk about like wearing the girl's clothes or like trying on chris's clothes and so i just think like this this idea that conservatives are separate from sexuality or separate from this you know i can't think of a better word like tantalizing femininity is not true it's not right. true. 
So right. it's just, yeah, that didn't sit right with me spiritually. But I do, can I give you one more audit point that I feel like might connect to a bigger conversation? Please do. Okay. Celebrity appearances this episode, Melody Thornton of Pussycat Dolls, mm-hmm. which for viewers at home, Melody was part of the incredibly iconic sing-off with Nicole Scherzinger at a live <laughs> awards performance. Y'all Please YouTube it. You Please have to YouTube, YouTube this it. performance in which Mel, like I guess Nicole was supposed to get the final run of the song of Buttons, if anyone is curious. Mm-hmm. And Melody steps up and they are riff battling to the <laughs> end of Buttons. Everyone looks confused. It's iconic. She has very few lines, but they go out to lunch and they want crispy rice which is very good. Chris Paris is good. Mm-hmm. And then the second um, set of cameos are Holly Madison, who yes. I actually think is probably very nice in real life. I've read her books. And then Kendra Wilkinson. Oh. I've read her books as well. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But also just like randomly showed up on the set of Kim Shoot, which is, I think is like a good transition to talk about the playboy of it all. Dun, Where do you want to start? Do you want to start with half the playboy? Can I kick this off? Please, please. So those of you that obviously you wouldn't know, but maybe if you're, <laughs> if you know me for real and you're listening to this, I <laughs> spent some time watching this um, A&E 10 part documentary style. <laughs> Not 10 parts. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, <laughs> I didn't realize the, it was that deep. Oh, yeah, it was so. <laughs> I, 13 I mean, I year. Taken, yes. Taking a deep dive into this Playboy space. And went undercover at Playboy, FYI. <laughs> she went to the mansion after Hef's yes, death. She I feel was like sorting through there. the documents. Yes. I, it was so haunting. I was having nightmares getting through um, each you know episode. And I didn't watch them weekly when they were putting them out. It was a binge thing for me. And so I... It, it made me feel like, oh my goodness, all of this predatory, crazy and it, things were happening right under our nose. And not only did we, uh, you know, allow it, so to speak, but we were like celebrating it during that time and watching how Hugh Hefner was a mastermind in manipulating the public, a PR genius in the way that he supported women's rights that directly benefited him and his gang of predators. It blew my mind and watching him, I I really wish that he was here to receive the backlash that he so greatly deserves. And he's not, he got to live his entire life being horrible in a dirty (laughs) mansion and no one was speaking out against him, but it was just like Hollywood's dirty little secret for so long and if you haven't seen the documentary you have to go see it it's it's very dark but so my audit notes about playboy was watching the directors come over to kim and say which by the way that guy was in the documentary um they mentioned him oh yeah like so i was triggered watching him in in the silence of the lambs man who bullied yes. her. Also, yes. wasn't it weird that they shot those scenes? Like the camera was hiding. We like, are going to get of there. It, I have those notes. I'm like, so okay, y'all so, are scared too. Yeah, everyone's scared. It was so shot we're like all a, scared. Uh, it was a scary film. It was just, yeah. So a horror film, actually. So okay, so the, signs. he walks over and he says, Can I show you what it looks like? Um, you know, to basically have your boobs out. You don't need to show me what it looks like. I know what it looks like. I, that's why I don't want to do it. She really did seem 
nervous and scared. Yeah. And I was watching it, trying to, you know, like we say, oh, it's fake, it's fake, it's fake. But I'm watching it, like I'm like, no, she fake. really was yeah. scared. And also just seeing them say, well, Hef wants to, you know, to pump it up, like trying to, you know, coerce her to do these things using Hef. It was just so nasty to watch. And what really bothered me, speaking back to family, family dynamics, was she had to tell her mother, you need to go out and advocate yeah. for me. You need to yeah. tell them that I don't want to do this, that I no, I will pay them double. I will walk out of here. I don't feel comfortable. And I shouldn't have to tell my mom that. What part of you? My mom and manager. As a mother, it doesn't yep. kick in to go into protection mode of me. I don't care who we're here to see and what we're here to do. I'm your daughter and I'm uncomfortable. And watching um, Chris be so hesitant to speak up and advocate for her daughter was also really hard to watch. But I also noted here that that was just how much of a hold that Playboy had on the culture and the opportunity, quote unquote, that she would be giving up from taking her clothes off in front of these disgusting, gross men. It just, it all didn't sit well with me. It was really gross. And then also too, I don't want to like take suck. Wait, can I say a point to what you're saying? Yes, please do. So this is a point in American pop culture where being sexy slutty was cool. We had low rise jeans. Um, Yes. I can't do this because, well, I didn't do this because I'm not white, but where the girls were going tanning and getting the shapes, the playboy bunny thongs were cool. Um, Like the whale, like girls next door was popular. The show. slutty. <laughs> belly button rings. Yes. Belly belly button rings, oh, yes. Crop tops, baby doll tees, like mm-hmm. this, like um, not full Lolitafication, but there was a very like baby spice sexy type of thing going on. Yes. Just want to give that context. Continue, Queen. No, that's so true. No, that's completely true. Well, and, and I want to so add something too, because Jasmine, you're talking about this and it's making my brain go nuts of like okay. Zooming out, just to, just to reset the context, in one calendar year, this mother has pimped out Kim's sex tape for everything it's worth. Yes. I heard do a Joe Francis Girls Gone Wild photo shoot. And then oh, my God. Presumably within yes. the next couple of weeks, been at the Playboy Mansion. Like, yeah. Chris Jenner is what's – the, what's the bitch's name who was working with Jeffrey Epstein? Like, this is giving me – Not Glade. Oh, yeah. yeah. Not Glade. <laughs> Next tape, Joe Francis, Playboy. We've done like the trifecta yeah. of pouring out your own daughter. Sex. Mm-hmm. And actually I- just thinking about that too, it's just like, it's almost kind of a little bit of a miracle that they've built what they have based on how it that kicked off. Is. Mm-hmm. It absolutely is. It absolutely is. Want to give some Playboy, like, also additional context. I'm not a half apologist and I'm not a Playboy supporter, <laughs> but it's just such a wild like, I think by design, Playboy history is incredibly chaotic. The person oh. who made the bunny suit mock-up is a black woman. Has mm-hmm. paid black seamstresses. Um, for a while, Playboy, I know people are like, let me read the articles. For a while, there was some really interesting discourse taking place in the letters to the editor. People were writing in, particularly queer men, debating the merits of being able to be legally openly queer. There were some pieces about segregation Hef allegedly hired black models, even though they didn't get centerholds. He also had black male celebrities appear within the house. Roxanne Gay has been a contributor to um, Playboy. So there's just this 
complexity about what was able to take place on this platform that made it just like historic enough. And for women and people who felt uncomfortable, they either disappeared or they were scared into submission. And so it's just a really fraught, like I'm sure you know Jasmine as our leading scholar, dark uh-huh. history of this A 100%. But I feel like when Hef died, people were like, but then he did this thing and he did do that thing. And hundreds, thousands, maybe even thousands of women have been impacted so negatively, traumatized or died um, because of yes. their connection to this magazine. And all of it, you have to, if you have to know that like all of the things, all of these activist moments all contributed to making sure that he created an environment to continue to do whatever he wanted to do in plain sight. So yes, people like Bill Cosby and um, Don Cornelius and Or even the set, like the creative director, the Silence of the Lambs man, the other people who work on set, Mary who ran the office, all All of them accomplices. Oh, oh, a hundred percent. And so, but you have those people, I mentioned those Don Cornelius and um, Bill Cosby in particular, because they were among many men that were highlighted in the documentary as having a playground to do whatever they wanted to do to sexually abuse women. And um, so, yes, sure, you were hanging out with people of color, specifically Black people and all of this, but, like, look at what you were allowing. You know what I mean? Like, it was just like, and then also, of course, you're going to champion LGBTQ plus right. Because you, you know, he was a bisexual man. Hugh Hefner was a bisexual man. And so like every single thing that, as I pointed out in the um, documentary that he supported was to help him, which the LGBTQ thing was fine. But then it was like all this rape and things like that, that was going on too at the mansion. Like, yeah you know, within that, you know what I mean? Like, it was just like, it's hard because yes, there, it was, you're right. It's just very complex. And and it was, I mean, it was bad. It was was bad. bad. There's just, there's some cherries on top of different tiers of the cake that you're like, Oh, that was, that's confusing, but it's, yeah. The way the documentary set it up was the show, the exact parallel to everything that he supported versus how he abused every single cause that he supported in that home. Yeah. Every I, single thing that he supported. That's what I'm trying I to say. Bring us to, I think also like, I, I don't know if I need to send us my language, but like titty politics from <laughs> 1960, whatever, like titties and Bush like existed. And now we're in like whack string laser era where Kim posted, Kim, Courtney, I think actually all the sisters have done topless Instagram posts, which don't make you, they make you money, but they don't make you that type of, well, actually I can't even contest to that. I'm going to stand corrected. Like they're doing that on their own account. Like they don't even need Playboy anymore. Like the Kardashians and nudity and body and the way they have like taken that level of sexuality, like the the taboo of Playboy and put it on their own personal account is so interesting to me of like, you don't need Playboy to put that kind of content out anymore. And they do. They, they create it on their own and put it on their page, which is so – this episode was so interesting. Again, the titty politics of it all, of in this year, 
You could be sexy, but not that sexy. And now in this year of our Lord, 2023, <laughs> it's a it's a free place. It's a free place. Yeah, to take it out. is. I will say too, um, going back to the episode, the way this was shot was just so. <laughs> even if you didn't think or had the background that we had, or that you know I have from watching the documentary and being haunted <laughs> by it as a scholar. Um, it, correct. But just <laughs> let's just say you didn't have all of that. Even watching the slow motion shots of the director holding Kim's hand as she's in a robe and walking her Weird. into what we would think is a back room and her opening her robe to show him her boobs. And um, it just was so disgusting to watch. It was so cringy. And I just don't know how they didn't watch it and say, cut, you know, we don't want to. We don't want this to be portrayed this way, um, including Playboy, including Playboy. Wouldn't you think that'd be bad for your brand for it to they be shot care. that way? They did not care. It was just, it was, yeah, it was pretty rough to watch. And then my last point about it all was just that the co- the coercive meeting where they walked in to meet Hef and he's like, oh yeah, she's definitely going to have to show everything. And, you know, it's just like, that Can we talk about how weird that, that edit was? Like the edit was so weird. It was like yeah. Huff being like, you definitely have to show anything. Jump. Marilyn Monroe did this. And then they just left. And she yeah, was, like, was not, so comfortable. Else. Like what? Yeah, because Huff told me Marilyn Monroe was on the cover. Like, yeah, it was just, it was just a lot. It was, it was too much actually. Um, but while we're at the Playboy Mansion, uh, it's really ugly. I couldn't <laughs> stop looking at all of the ugly panels. Those, those, uh, it was just so, it looked like it hadn't been dusted since 73. Okay, it is well, such an girls, ugly place. Talk about it. Um, Holly Madison talks about it in her book of like the girls were kept on such a, t- I think it was like a thousand dollars a week. And that yeah. was how everything they needed to manage themselves. And if they wanted to like pitch labiaplasty or a boob job, they had to pitch it to Hef. Like, what are you going to do to make this worth my investment? I say this because she talks about how the house is just dirty. Like all yes, the girls have dogs and like all this stuff. It's old. He doesn't want to redesign the house. Mm-hmm, and so the house the is dusty. There's like pee, like animal excrement. It's just a gross. Mm-hmm. It's a gross house. It's yeah, all of the side. Queen of Versailles. Did you all see that documentary? About no. Oh my god. Person who built that fake Versailles. Yeah. Same though. It was a huge house. Disgusting animal shit everywhere. Like gross. Doesn't that sound house. horrible? It just sounds so gross. It look. It looks gross to me. Like Mary's office, who's like the receptionist, office manager, has a bunch of like paper stuff. It just looks. Oh yeah, she did have papers everywhere. Like, it looks like it smells. Yeah, it just looks crammed. Like it always yeah. looks crammed. But the places that like the public could go, like the grotto and whatever event space, they'd clean that. But the places where like they lived inside of the house, yeah, was really was gross. Not. Yeah, yeah, it looks old. Like it looks. Yeah, it was really gross. It was dusty. It's disgusting. Um, and then while we're on it, uh, talking about furniture and like the way, I can't keep looking at this red couch at the Chris Jenner's house with the paisley print. Stop! Uh, horrible, horrible. That's rugs. your grievance. That's your All grievance. All of those floral couch? pillows and chairs everywhere. If I see it again, I, I just yeah. stop. But think about where how she lives now. It's like I know all... I kind of love it because it grounds us in this like mallard yeah. dust era of the nineties, yes. early two thousands, where you're like you were a normal person, subject to factory. 
trash that the rest of us were. Yeah. And then, yeah, to watch how the homes evolve from like Cheesecake Factory to like Carnival Cruise Ship to like Minimalist Mansion is mm-hmm. a trip. So different. Cruise. Yeah. Ugh, that furniture. Yeah, I can't wait to get out of this era. Floor. <laughs> Ugh. I actually like Chris's house now. I think well, I like her now, house. Me too. Home. Yeah. Oh, her house yeah. now now? Her, her house, house now, now now is yeah, probably the coziest nice. in my mind. I like the Palm Springs house that she has. Okay. I can't speak to all the homes. Super nice. I would love to go to Palm Springs. It's you hot. guys, they have all of these houses <laughs> from all the things were like I just the the like the insanity of it all I cannot you think can't about. think too hard on it they are rich I, I rich. do follow y'all know I follow Kim Kardashian on on Instagram and yesterday or the day before she posted a story that was her in her garden she said I love my garden so much this bitch did not plant a seed not in this one garden. thing. Not it's one a garden. It's a she loves the it's concept. She has like persimmon, and they all have these little like labels. You know, they're all like have their own little placards. Yeah. And she has seven kinds of oranges, and she had like all the things. And I'm sitting here listening to you all talk about groveling in the dirty animal mansion, and I'm like, <laughs> how? Who is going to jail for this? Who? But she wanted like. She needed that level. Everything that Kim is doing right now sets the groundwork for the story and the narrative telling that we have today. We needed that episode to get the Marilyn Monroe context to feed us up to last year's Met Gala. Like all of these right. seeds that she plants. She, so she does plant seeds. Now I see she, she is a farmer. She <laughs> is a, she's cultivating <laughs> something. Circle. Yeah. She's a pop yeah. culture. There you go. She's a famous. Yes, she is. Yeah. Maybe that'll be her podcast. The fact that this bitch has a pomegranate tree. Slay. That sounds so nice. Good for her. Good for her. Started here with. Yeah. And she can smell, like Kim Kardashian can smell cavities. Like this is like a thing about her. So I know she knows the house stank. But she needed to do what she needed to do. She didn't even seem that impressed when she was looking around and they gave no. that shot of her looking around. <laughs> no. <up. laughs> when she was looking around, she was like, oh. Like. Only Chris was excited. Like, That's why Kim was like, no. <laughs> yeah, this is bad. Even though it was still, Playboy was still iconic at that time, it was a bigger deal for Chris because it was, Absolutely. I want to say, like more polarizing during her era and time. And, you know, so that was definitely... Chris's dream for sure that she was living through her daughter, obviously. Um, yeah, one of the so many abusive. moments. It's so yeah. abusive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Woo. All right. Anything else we want to audit? You got anything else, Keela? Hmm. Just how truly chaotic the gym scene was. I just cannot let us go without talking oh, about. I forgot about that. How now? I mean, they could work out. They also could get a procedure. But also how everything is filtered and Photoshopped, like even video context that we consume, that it's just it's just fascinating to me that she's like, I have to go to the gym immediately and get on like, what is that gliding thing? I used to do this. It's elliptical. The elliptical and think like that's what it's going to do was just so, so fun. Also, <laughs> Chloe in the gym being an absolute menace, knowing that years later she'd get the show Revenge Body. 
is absolute chaos to me. Yes. They wake up at 5 a.m. with trainers to work out now and seeing yes. her run around. You the, know, her content is about 80% workout content on her trainers. Yes. Now. Like yes. Her, what? The whole wing of her house. She's and, basically like, a fitness influencer, <laughs> you know? <laughs> And to see her run around, you know, it was just, uh, yeah. It's so like strange. Just a a different time. A different time. But that's all my edit points. Anything else, team? Well. No. We do have a very important thing to discuss. Yeah. I I am. I've been dying. So this episode is later, right? We had to, we had to postpone recording this episode and it's been killing me, but perhaps for the better, because I feel like things are like finally coming to the surface. I am new to the pop culture realm, and I have to admit that Vanderpump Rules is not on my bingo card. Mm. So I don't know what the fuck is going on. I saw this. I saw this tweet, which it kind of spoke to me. It says an explanation <laughs> on why the Vanderpump Rules drama is such a big deal. Here is a reference for those who don't watch the show. Imagine if Chandler cheated on Monica with Rachel secretly for seven months, and Joey knew all along. And so yes, now that I'm is like, the perfect way I literally to don't know what that this. means. What is happening? I what is going on? Well, okay. luckily, readers, we are here with a preeminent Vanderpump Rules scholar who <laughs> knows that we are coming here with open hearts and open minds to lend our support to the Bravo community during this difficult time. I also must confess, if I know you and you're listening to the show, yes, I still have not watched Vanderpump Rules, and I apologize to you. I said I would, and I haven't started. I've been busy. Um, but Jasmine, please, what what is going on? And no one died. Wow, she's collecting her notes for us. What in the name of Andy Cullen is happening? <laughs> <laughs> I opened my Instagram, and there was so much about Vanderpump. I thought somebody died. Actually, I was coming out of a musical, which is very on brand for me. And I thought somebody died. And it was, this is not just, but it was a Vanderpump cheating scandal. And I was like, I know this is going to involve so many people. I check TMZ every day. And usually I have some idea of what the headlines are about. And in this case, I don't know a soul about it. Were you just confused? I well when I I started to pick up on it again, I don't know any of the players. And I have to I, I have to be honest too. I feel like cheating scandals, because that's what I'm gleaning as like the crux of this, is like pretty pedestrian these days. So I'm kind of amazed that like that it like I'm I'm eager to hear the details because for it to be to suck this much air out of a room, like this couple must have been like William and Kate or something. Like what is the (laughs) what is the (laughs) it's it's been okay. So, for additional context, Vanderpump Rules has been going on for years. It's a spinoff. Lisa Vanderpump was on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And this yeah, is like about, okay. Yeah, okay. So it's all connected. So, this is like That's about her okay. chain of like restaurants, clubs, business, businesses in Hollywood. And so, this group of basically friends, foes, lovers, enemies have been working on like the food and beverage scene club scene in LA for years. So Mm -hmm. the magnitude, like we've seen these people, I mean, grow up is kind of a, a, I don't want to be condescending in this. We've seen them evolve. Yes. So this relationship is eight years 
in the making. Okay. All right. Jasmine, come in. Take us Okay. I am back. Sorry. I was having technical issues. (laughs) Where did I leave you guys? Okay. We need the background. I've just told the readers and Brent about Lisa Vanderpump and the connection to Vanderpump rules and how this relationship was eight years down. Yes. So it was – okay. So you talked about the background. So basically – the reason why this show was such a big deal for those who've never seen it is because things like the Car- like Kardashians and everyone, all these glamorous shows, reality shows were out when Vanderpump Rules was rolled out. And um, they were really broke for real, driving crappy cars. We were in their crappy apartments. And it was very grounding to see people who were eating at Taco Bell and splitting bills and all of that on reality TV because we had the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills that was their, you know, lead in show. So it was really great to see a group of friends who had really known each other. At the time, the polarizing character was Jax Taylor, who was running around and, you know, cheating and lying and he was awful. And he had Tom Sandoval and Tom Schwartz as his best friends. And, you know, Jax even slept with Tom Sandoval's girlfriend at the time, Kristen Doty. It was just like a whole thing. Cut to <laughs> cut to Tom uh, Sandoval ending up with Ariana and Ariana being this cool chick, very laid back, uh, um, and so now we're we're here, right? So DJ James Kennedy is introduced into the fold. And not DJ. <laughs> we meet him and his girlfriend Raquel, who is, you know, kind of doe-eyed and unassuming. And everyone thinks that she's just this person that would never hurt a fly. And even in the episodes that are currently running right now, she is being set up to be seen as someone that is going through a tough time because her and DJ James Kennedy broke up and still wouldn't hurt a fly, but yet somehow she's kind of crushing on Tom Schwartz, who breaks up with his wife before the season, this current season kicks off. And the whole season was set up to be this scandalous thing that, you know, DJ James Kennedy ex girlfriend Raquel you calling him DJ is James Kennedy crushing on Tom Shorts, but meanwhile in the background she's really been having this seven month long affair with Tom Sandoval. So it pulled like this has been at like the big wool that's been pulled over all of our eyes this whole time, and I think the audience of Bravo watchers that we watch everything we kind of have everyone's number we've been watching these shows for so long and for so many years that we felt like oh so people can still get one over on us and i think that's why this is such a big deal to all of us because we feel completely duped and we didn't see uh this coming at all it's being covered by the new york times tmz Lisa Vanderpump flew in to do an emergency watch what happens live episode with just her and Andy. And so this has just been such a huge deal, um, pretty much in the news everywhere. And if you've never heard of Vanderpump rules, then you have now, which is really interesting because previous to this season, the ratings were starting to, to slip. So that's why this is kind of a big deal. 
wait a second, pause. What you just said. This is not manufactured, is it, friends? Are we being set up? You said I'm the rating. To Jasmine, what do you think? I think her her audio is not working. Um, oh, no. All right, not or shake your head, Jasmine. Is this a setup by Bravo? <laughs> Lost Jasmine. She's not with us. Okay, so I'm sort of following. I'll say a couple reactions. I love when these Bravo shows, um, when the cast can pull one over on Bravo, because not only is it like, <laughs> oh, we have their number, but there's these cameras everywhere, right? Yeah. So you know yeah. I'm a below deck. Yes. A below decky. Let's just call it what it is. A below Stop. decky. That's what the fans um, are called. And so not only that, there's cameras everywhere and they're on a fucking boat. Like, I mean, it's a big yeah. boat. But so when you find out like later, later, later that two people were hooking up and the cameras didn't catch them because the cameras catch you, at least on below deck, they will play the audio of you having sex. They do not yeah. care. You yeah. will hear the noises of sex. She said the So noises. when people somehow <laughs> evade the cameras and manage to hook up without the cameras ever knowing, I like pour one out for that because that is impressive. It this, is. If they were really able to do this and evade the camera crews, like I just it's have kind some of outstanding. It's pretty good. Also, how stressful. How can you even be taking pleasure in that affair when you're lying, sneaking, and then also trying to hide it from like cameras? Which you're in a relationship. Yeah. You're hiding, it the other, you're hiding it from the Andy Cohen. You're, you're hiding, hiding it from it your from friends, your castmates. And Lisa Vanderpump. Like, I don't, that is, I cannot imagine that you're getting any joy out of your affair in that, which makes me wonder if it's a setup because the ratings were like lagging. But I, I can't, I can't argue with that. I think that's a fair question. I also have to say, Bravo has been taking some L's lately in the Bravo cinematic universe. So there's everything with Real Housewives of Salt Lake, um, Heather Gay mysteriously gets punched in the eye during a girl's trip, Jen Shaw in her case, like she's going to jail. Like this whole, and Bravo doesn't, they didn't know. She's in jail. She's in jail now. Like there's all of this, they, they don't know. So like also Real Housewives of Potomac, Robin's Ugh. husband, Juan, has been cheating her on her on the side, and she knew but didn't tell the kids. So there's just this year. In, Colorism issues over there at Real Housewives. Which I've always Potomac. peeped. This is a Same. separate episode to get started mm -hmm, on that. Mm -hmm. But this year, Bravo has taken some L's because the cast have really pulled one over on them in multiple spaces. Mm -hmm. Not to transition, but can I tell you about another cheating scandal? There's been a lot of cheating and divorce this week. In Bravo okay. universe. Okay. Drew's. So this is about Real Housewives of Atlanta. Drew Sedora, who was on Step Up and is just like very cute, is married to a man. Her husband, on the first season, first episode that they are on, they get in an argument in front of her mother, who lives with the two of them and their sons, about how her husband went to Florida, did not tell her he was going to Florida, didn't tell her what he did, didn't tell her when he was coming back comes back and refuses to give her any of the details about that trip. So this is her, Drew is arguing with her husband. The mom can hear them. Their kids can hear them. And this, mm. this is a thread that carries on throughout the entire show. Like she still does not know what he did in Florida. 
And he maintains the right. He's like, I don't need to tell my wife these things. Oh my God. Being rich is such chaos. And I don't, we don't even know it, like if they are truly that rich. So anyway, the drama this week is that Drew and her husband filed for divorce, but child, they were racing to the Atlanta courthouse because Drew delivered the papers an hour before her husband. And then an hour later, he drops them off. Can you imagine? It's just, it's so stressful. Like, <laughs> Oh, stressful. Like, uh, besides for the fact, take out of the equation that I hate these people. Yes. I'm so sad for that. Like, I'm so uncomfortable. That's how I feel. In your heart, none. I have sweaty palms. Yeah, about this. I have like a huge closet full of designer things that I can't have, but like, you you don't, how do you sleep? Like, you must have so many pills in your life, right? And I'm like pro med. It's true. But I'm telling you that they cannot sleep without Ambien. There's no chance. And I think that's why, you know, so many of them have worked through substance abuse or drink too much on the show because you cannot, you cannot possibly be sleeping well if the person you're sleeping next to is stressing you out. The stress is unreal. It's unreal. But again, I don't know who we hold accountable for all of this. I hope it's not us, but I worry. I do have concerns. I do. I'm going to keep following this Vanderpump thing and try to understand. Do I need to watch it? How many seasons deep are we? There are a lot of seasons. We're 10 seasons seasons. in. Okay. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's the video of the pop culture audit. We'll see. Since Bill and I are both. Yeah, maybe we yeah, maybe we'll audit them so that you can see kind of how this is all started, but um even just now just keep up with what's going on because everyone is talking about it and it's just really interesting. Okay. So having affairs in, t- in the year of 2023 is like so basic, I feel like. Like, I have so many theories about cheating. Having affairs is so 2020. Yeah, like it's time to stop. It's time to stop. It's time to stop. We live in a world of like polyamory and like situations. I agree. And living without marriage is fine. Like so mm-hmm. to get married <laughs> and then yeah. have a sneaky affair yep. is just like so basic. It's giving like 2007. Yeah. I just yep. don't think you can be sneaky. Like I don't think we live in a time – where you can be sneaky about anything. And you don't need to. Nobody's yeah, you don't need to. Know. You're absolutely right. It's ridiculous. You're sneaking on yourself. Like yeah. you're, you're just a, you just enjoy being sneaky at this point because you don't have to be. This sounds like a workshop. Like oh don't cheat well, like the workshop. <laughs> and Open we, like, yeah, we just host a workshop. Like are you thinking about cheating? Don't. Here's Let's why. talk about to. it. Don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's see if we can get sure. funding. Angel funding. Angel investors. <laughs> Don't cheat 2023. Oh, With we've that, done it. Team. We've done it. Full circle. Thank you all for listening to this episode. Follow us on Instagram at the Pop Culture Audit and rate and review us on Spotify and iTunes. We'll see you next week or speak to you next week. Bye, auditors. Bye, babies. Bye.